Listener, being that it's October, I thought it'd be a nice change of pace to have a Halloween episode. It's not a bad way for us to get to know each other. As I'm writing this, there's a dull evening glow spilling into the room. A light rain spatters the window behind my computer. Behind the rain is a low howling wind. In other words, it's perfect for this kind of talk. And not to worry, we'll stay on subject. There's nothing spookier than a campfire story. That's as far as it'll go. This will be about natural disasters, so grab your favorite blanket, a cup of your favorite fall beverage, and let's get on with it. in Ohio, I remember being terrified of tornadoes. When there was a warning on the television, I remember being sure that this would be the end. A tornado would come and wipe out the house. I'd be sucked into the air, never to be seen again. Nice thoughts for a kid to have, I know. To be fair to little kid me, there was something about the way local news stations sensationalized a storm. Each tornado warning made to seem like it could be the end times. A serious-faced man on the television, telling me in a stern voice to heed his warning. If you are in a mandatory evacuation area, you need to get to high ground now. This is the time. There won't be another request because it will be too late. That time probably is now. If you're in the Fort Myers area, Lee County, Collier County, that looks like that will be the landfall area, Kelly. This is a major hurricane. Top winds are now above 125 miles per hour sustained. That's right. We'll have another update with our hurricane expert coming up shortly. But first of all, let's give you the very latest that we have from the National Hurricane Center and our Hurricane Hunter flight information showing that our pressure has now dropped to 954 millibars or 28.17 inches of mercury. The flight level, by the way, at 9140 feet. And the eye information is that it's about eight miles wide and the maximum flight winds have been about 162 miles per hour. And because of that, the new advisory should come in very shortly, signifying this is a Category 4 hurricane on the Saffir-Simpson scale. And Kelly, look at the outer bands now coming in. Unfortunately, you cannot really do much from here on out, folks. Anybody from Charlotte Harbor southward just batten down the hatches. And of course, with the outer rain bands, we are dealing with tornadoes. Some severe weather further inland. Central Polk County remains under a tornado warning. We also have tornado warnings in effect for Okeechobee County, Osceola County. That's in east central Florida. That tornado warning going until 225 Eastern time. And these storms have generally been moving towards the north between 30 and 40 miles per hour. 
Now, the interstates are open. Interstate 75 is open. Interstate 10 is open as well. And, Kelly, folks really have to get out at this very last minute. Do so immediately. My parents scooping me up and bringing us into the basement. These acts, these moments, they held a gravity, a weight. There were things I'd seen in movies that I could never see in real life. Yes, Fred Krueger haunted my dreams, but tornadoes inhabited the real world. And one day, I saw something I'd never forget, something that would be seared into my brain. It was the usual happenings in such a case in our small Ohio home. The bad weather, the news report with the stern man giving us the tornado warning. We prepared for the basement. My memories are loose. But as my parents were scurrying about, I went to the kitchen window. And there, out in the cornfields that stretched into the horizon, was a dark spike tunneling into the sky with a misty cloud of debris. My child eyes finally saw a tornado in person. Sure, it was far away. But as we wait in the basement, as morbid as it sounds, I was sure this would be it. Say goodbye to Power Rangers on TV. Say goodbye to my schoolmates. Say goodbye to the house. And be prepared to be sucked into the sky. Of course, that didn't happen. But the image of the tornado ripping up the cornfield never left me. My nightmares of Mr. Kruger and his knife fingers replaced. Now... You would think such an experience would leave an impression on me, and impress on me a better sense of judgment among my peers when it came to natural disasters. You would be wrong. When I moved to Florida at 12, I became acquainted with hurricanes as all Floridians do. They became a staple every year, and with the first hurricane, I did treat it with a sense of wonder and awe. They were mysterious to me, but when I turned 13... A healthy, fear-driven awe turned to curiosity. And I would honestly, at the time, watch the news with hopes for getting the big one. I'm not lying to say that hurricanes excited me at that age. You see, there's something about your teenage years that have you believing that you're invincible. You feel so healthy, so in your prime. You couldn't possibly die, right? You are truly the main character of your own movie. Luckily, most of us grow out of this phase. Most of us. I was 15 when Hurricane Charlie devastated Florida in 2004. Welcome back. I'm Bill Keneally. And I'm Kelly Cass. We continue to monitor the progress of Hurricane Charlie, which is yet to make landfall along the western seaboard of Florida, but it's already causing problems further inland. Major water concerns. The next few hours, we have a landfall south of Tampa. What are the implications? Let's go right to Dr. Steve Lyons. Steve? Well, Bill, the buzzsaw is heading right toward the greater, uh, uh, the greater Port uh, Char Charlotte area here in Fort Myers area. Currently, Category 4 hurricane. Now, that could produce very extreme damage wind-wise, but also flood-wise. The Captiva Island area is right here. Of course, Naples is over here. Now, you're going to be missed just to the north at Naples, although it's still blustery and the weather's going downhill. Wind's gusting to 55 to 60 miles per hour right now. But what's going to happen here when this gets on shore in about two hours? We're very concerned about the flood potential from, from surge, but also the wind when we get up to Category 4. In this range, we're looking at extensive to extreme damage. So if you're not in a well-reinforced, uh, constructed home or a poorly built home, 
you need to get out of it and go next door to your neighbor's house that's built better for the next five hours as this system move, makes landfall and moves inland. We can see a lot of roofs blown off at the poorly uh, constructed homes, uh, signs down in the landfall area. Uh, we can see all kinds of trees down, power outages will be widespread in the area of landfall. Now the other big problem is the water level rise. We're going to see a significant surge here and it, locally it could be as high as 18 feet. In a category 4 hurricane in this area we can see water rises as high as 18. It's going to come up in a hurry. It's moving at 20 miles per hour to the northeast. That accentuates the height of the surge but it also makes things go from nothing to a very big water rise very quickly. So don't be outside near the ocean right now. You should be well away from the coast on high ground because the water is going to rise very quickly over the next one to three hours in the greater Fort Myers area, particularly near the Port Charlotte area. It was one of four named hurricanes that season. Not many people were prepared for what came. The hurricane upgraded from a Category 2 to a Category 4. Charlie killed 20 people, 15 of them directly. And like the morons we were, my friend Mike and I went jogging during the most intense part of the storm. The wind and the rain were unreal. That's what I remember most. Oh, and the trees shaking and blowing to the point of making a sort of music. Did I mention we were barefoot? No, I'm not kidding you. We were jogging through a Category 4 hurricane, barefoot, and I could feel the grip beneath my feet. Yes, we were those idiots you see in the background of a news report. When I was here and we woke up, it was a Category 2 storm emerging off the coast of Cuba, but the way everything was set up, it looked like, hey, it was coming to the Tampa Bay area. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it takes just a tiny little shift to the right, and because of the way our coast is set up, that means a landfall much further south. That was bad enough, but it also was strengthening, too, and it was strengthening rapidly. So this thing becomes a Category 4 storm now, as the forward speed is being picked up, you're going to bring hurricane force winds into where you just saw Ken in a place that they don't typically get hurricane force winds. So while Tampa was spared, yeah, it was at the expense of Charlotte Harbor and Polk County and Orlando. And you know what? Everybody evacuated inland yep. just to be yeah. in the middle of this storm. So it was, it, we learned a lot. There were a lot of lessons learned from this particular storm. And then it eventually went up and made another landfall yeah. in South and in North Carolina Huge as storm. well. But you're talking about making landfall with 145 to 150 mile per hour winds and $15 billion in damage. And little did we know, right, that this was just one of four storms that were going to hit the state. Three of them crossing right where Ken is right now. And, you know, I'll say this too. Um, you, you know, go ahead, Ken. Oh, I was going to say, you know, it's really kind of hard to wrap your arms around how big of a deal this is unless you're in the middle of it. And I can tell you uh, a little story. We were out here covering the storms day after day, and they were cleaning up and cleaning up, but still not making a whole lot of headway. And somebody from Tampa, a photographer, came in and saw a couple of trees that were down in Lakeland and said, oh, now I get it. And I thought, brother, you don't get it at all. I mean, that's nothing in comparison mm -hmm. to the scope of this whole thing. You know, and on television, it's all very contained, and you kind of get a sense of it, but you live through it. Man, it's a totally different situation. Luckily, we made it back fine. At the time, we treated it as bragging rights. Now, looking back, I feel like such a fool, to the point that I rarely bring it up. 
but I figured the circumstances of this specific podcast are special. Listener, have you had any run-ins with natural disasters? If you have, I'm always open to stories, and I'd love to cover it on the podcast. But for now, I think that wraps things up. Thank you for listening, and be safe.